Welcome to Academic Advising for a Wise Education. This is the podcast that teaches things about higher education to help improve your learning and studying, make smarter choices of a major and coursework, understand how colleges and universities work, find internships and research assignments that complement your classroom learning, be financially sensible, become academically mature, prepare for graduate school, and plan for your future career. I'm Advisor Jay. Today's topic is undergraduate degrees. This episode is about the most common types of post-secondary degrees that can be earned at regionally accredited colleges and universities in the United States. I will help you start to determine which degree is best for you. As a reminder, secondary school refers to high school, while post-secondary is formal education beyond high school. It would be impractical to try to cover all possible types of post-secondary schools, so I will focus on the most common ones. If there is a type that you are interested in earning a degree from, I strongly advise that you independently verify the institution's credentials and reviews by its graduates of the value of earning a degree from it. Do not be persuaded by glossy commercials on television or print advertisements. These are designed to draw in listeners by telling you what you want to hear, and they can be especially appealing to people who are unsure where to pursue higher education. Accreditation by a regional organization approved by the U.S. Department of Education is important so that the degree you earn is not viewed as worthless in the job market. I recommend ensuring in advance that the college or university as a whole is accredited and that the major with degree program that interests you is also accredited. Accreditation is supposed to confirm that minimum standards of quality have been met, but it does not guarantee acceptance by any employer or other educational institution. Let's say you start school at one accredited college or university and later want to transfer to another institution. It is entirely up to the second institution whether to accept the credits or units that you earned at the first. The reason for this leeway is that even though your education should have met minimum standards of quality, the second institution can have its own minimum standards for acceptance. Likewise, an employer can have its own standards for evaluating quality of education. A somewhat comparable way to think of this is with the U.S. Department of Agriculture. It performs inspections that are supposed to ensure that meats to be sold at stores are properly processed, packaged, labeled, and generally safe to eat. But that merely establishes minimum standards for safety. It doesn't say anything about how good the meat will taste. Two different brands of inspected and approved meat could have widely different levels of quality. If you are trying to decide what college or university to apply to, I think it's also worthwhile to ensure that a major with degree program that interests you is not about to lose its accreditation or be canceled for other reasons. If the program is not popular among students and or is outdated, you should rethink whether you would really want to enroll in it. Even though some for-profit post-secondary educational institutions are nationally, not regionally, accredited, I am generally not a fan of for-profit schools because their continued existence is based on profit for their investors, and that means the life of an institution in this category could abruptly end. If there is a post-secondary institution that you are thinking of attending and you are not entirely sure of its credentials, you can schedule a virtual advising session with me during which I will show you live how I would assess the merit of the institution and what, if any, risks I think exist with respect to earning a degree from it. This would not be about me trying to steer you toward or away from any particular educational institution for my personal gain. 
I do not work for any college or university. I have no loyalty to any institution. I receive nothing for talking to you about any institution. My objective is merely to help you make choices that are wise. At the end of this episode, I'll provide details on how my online advising service works and how to reach me. If you are a student at an accredited community college, you probably can earn an Associate of Arts degree, abbreviated AA, or an Associate of Science degree, abbreviated AS. Some of what I say here may also apply to students in technical colleges. There are associate degree programs that are meant to prepare students for transfer to a higher college or a university for the purpose of earning a bachelor's degree. Other associate degree programs at community colleges allow students to earn a certificate. The student may also be required to pass a state examination before qualifying for entry into a profession without earning a bachelor's degree. This education may involve many hours of hands-on practice so that, upon graduation, the student will be ready to work in applied career settings. If this is a path that's right for you, and if you have good reason to think it will satisfy your long-term financial and career goals, then transferring to a university to earn a bachelor's degree is not what I recommend for you. Students earning academic associate degrees are typically preparing to transfer to a regionally accredited university after two years in order to complete earning a bachelor's degree. If that describes you, you should verify with universities of interest to you that they would accept a transferring student from the specific community college you are at first attending, along with any credits or units you have earned. It is better to check rather than make the mistake of assuming. Other students may choose to matriculate at a regionally accredited university for the entirety of the four years to earn a bachelor's degree. If you can handle the financial burden of doing this, and if attending a university for this purpose is good for your aptitude and career goals, then I advise doing it. Here's the reason why. It can easily take one year to really get used to being a university student and uh, understanding the campus that you're on. For the transfer student, who will only be at university for two years, that's half their total time at the university, by which time they will be in their final year and needing to already be fully involved in preparation for whatever they plan to do after graduation. It's not impossible to be successful as a transfer student, but it does have challenges. You will save money on school fees for those first two years, because you'll be attending a much lower cost community college, but you will then only have half the time to benefit from the university experience. Life usually has trade-offs. You need to figure out what's best for you. It's noteworthy that there are some community colleges that award bachelor's degrees. Nursing is one of the few fields in which I have seen this. I have a sense that more community colleges and technical colleges will receive permission to do this in the future. The most common undergraduate degrees in American universities are the Bachelor of Arts, abbreviated BA, and the Bachelor of Science, abbreviated BS. Usually, these are degrees with strong bases in academic coursework, though there may also be laboratory courses, and some may require a practical on-the-job training component, such as cooperative education or an internship. When the curriculum for an undergraduate major heavily emphasizes academic training in subject matter theory, its preparation for students to go on to graduate school, although graduate school is not a requirement for earning an undergraduate degree. Coursework for academic graduate degrees is highly theoretical, and the major may even have a formal required research component. 
Since earning an undergraduate degree is normally necessary before entering graduate school, the preparatory undergraduate level coursework needs to be highly theoretical. In summary, if you wonder why your undergraduate courses are so theoretical in nature, with exposure to only highly simplified practical situations, it's because you are being prepared for graduate school. The professors teaching those undergraduate courses might have minimal personal exposure to practical uses of their subject matter. This is especially true if your undergraduate study is at a university where full-time faculty members are normally engaged in research and the closest they get to practical use of their subject is in the laboratory. Here's what you should know. Relatively speaking, few people who earn bachelor's degrees have any intention of earning graduate degrees. Most undergraduate students want to earn their bachelor's degree and then enter the working world. Think carefully about what I just said. You might be in an undergraduate program with plans to earn an undergraduate degree as the termination of your university education and not be aware that the program you are in is designed to prepare you not for the working world at all, but rather for more university study in your subject at the graduate level. Why is this important to know? If you're an undergraduate student who attends university for four years to take one academic course after another, all the while thinking that you'll earn a bachelor's degree and then get a job in industry by doing nothing more than taking courses, you might be in for a startling awakening. Hiring managers for career positions in industry who look at your resume or interview you will want to know how you would quickly start being productive for them on the job if you have no exposure to the practical side of the subject of your major. You might be a very smart person, but the hiring manager is thinking about how many months it would take if you were hired before you finish being trained and are able to start making money for the company. That's a simple reality. Do you see the importance of a meaningful long-term internship or cooperative education while you are an undergraduate student? Whether the undergraduate program you are in requires it or not, and whether you will get credit for doing so or not, it might be one of the smartest things you can involve yourself in while you are a student to prepare you for the industrial world that you aspire to work in. There is a common perception that a university degree guarantees something for the person who holds it. This is a misperception, and an understandable one for this reason. For the past few decades, children and their parents have been fed the notion that a degree is the ticket to a better life, but without clarity on what exactly, if anything, is being promised. I think education is important for every person on the planet. To be educated is better than being ignorant, and it's hard to imagine anyone but those with primitive beliefs thinking otherwise. At a minimum, everyone should learn about the society they live in and how to prosper in it, the language they speak, the culture they identify with, and so on. To an extent, that is what compulsory education is supposed to teach us. But is compulsory education, kindergarten through high school, enough to prepare someone for spending the next half century of their lives in the working world of today? In most cases, the answer is no, unless you are willing to work in environments where few skills learned beyond high school are necessary. There are people who have limited themselves to a high school education and then struggled all their lives with very low pay, minimal opportunities for career advancement, and may be limited to work that took a great physical toll on their bodies. For some of those individuals, circumstances in their lives left them no other choice but to do that. In other cases, a person took nothing but a high school education and successfully worked through the ranks in an industry to higher positions of responsibility and earnings, or someone with no formal education beyond high school started a business and managed to become quite successful in it. Stories of cases like that have a romantic feel to them because they give the sense that an underdog can win. 
They usually sound adventurous with ample suspense, and this is why they tend to do well in feature films. But they are also uncommon, and for most people in situations, unrealistic. It's important to understand that the industrial society we live in today is far more advanced with respect to technical expertise compared to when the compulsory educational system of the United States was established. The reason most kids from elementary school through high school still have a long summer recess is due to agrarian needs that were common a century ago when farming and related factories were a dominant consideration. Obviously, society has changed a lot since then. The point is, don't assume that because government-mandated education stops with high school, there is no good reason for additional formal learning. For the vast majority of people, furthering one's formal education soon after graduating from high school is a sensible thing to do in preparing for the future. What I am not going to tell you, however, is that earning an academic undergraduate degree at a university is the best path for everyone. Nor am I going to tell you that an undergraduate degree guarantees you anything in particular except exposure to a lot of learning over a few years that may or may not benefit you in the way that you envision. If you are more inclined to enjoy and thrive from employment involving skilled manual work, there are plenty of great opportunities in a variety of fields, but even this demands technical expertise that is not easy to just learn on the job and may require certifications following formal education. This came up earlier when I was talking about associate degrees. Today's automobile is a good example of how technology has advanced. So much of the internal workings of modern-day cars involved advanced electrical and electromechanical systems. You don't need an engineering degree to repair these vehicles, but you do need to understand how these many complicated components function if you are to make intelligent assessments of what repairs or replacements are needed when a car is malfunctioning. I hope you're seeing my point. There is nothing wrong with attending a community college or technical school and earning a certificate that enables you to enter an industry whose work you enjoy and that you have an aptitude for and can do well at financially. There are many such industries that need well-qualified, ambitious people. On the other hand, some students who want to work in industry are better suited for completing the requirements of a four-year degree that is mostly academic in nature. It's not that one of these paths is generally right or wrong. It depends on what's best for you, and it's also possible that neither are best. Maybe there is some other way that you can move ahead beyond high school and earn a good living with good employment prospects that give you what you desire in life. What kind of student should consider earning a Bachelor of Arts or Bachelor of Science degree at a university? First, it should be someone who has an aptitude for a lot of classroom learning. Second, it should be a student whose employment aspirations will be greatly helped by a degree in a suitable major at this level. Third, it should be someone who has the self-discipline to remain in school term after term for the duration of the program, typically four years. If you want to attend university but have not given serious thought to these issues, you may or may not be making a wise choice for your post-secondary education. The problem here is that higher education is already cost prohibitive for most people without financial aid, and wasting money and time on something that is not right for you will be regrettable later, could leave you with substantial debt, may make you bitter toward education altogether, and will subtract from time that could be better spent on a different educational setting that is right for you. Many times over the years, I have met with a student who I determined rather quickly was in the wrong setting for him or her. That is troubling to see, as you might imagine, because although it was obvious to me, it was not evident to the student. 
My point here is that I generally do recommend higher education after high school, but I do not subscribe to the idea that an academic university education is right for everyone. Even if you are certain that earning a BA or BS in a particular major is good for you, you should not assume that merely taking courses is all that is needed. That may be sufficient for receiving the degree, but it does not necessarily mean that it will be adequate preparation for your next destination after undergraduate school. This is where it is smart to plan ahead. Definitely by the end of your first year of university, you ought to be establishing clarity in your mind on whether graduate school is the right path for you or whether going directly to work in a career position after earning your undergraduate degree is better. This is where guidance from a professional like me is invaluable. In the first case, you probably should be seeking a quality, relevant research assignment while you are an undergraduate student. In the latter case, you would do well to have a quality, relevant, cooperative education assignment or internship during some of your undergraduate years. Are bachelor's degrees in the same major worth the same from one educational institution to another? The answer is not necessarily, but measuring the value of a bachelor's degree in a major from a particular university is highly subjective. Here's an example of why. You might think that someone who earned a bachelor's degree in major XYZ from a prestigious university would definitely be in a better position after graduation compared to someone who earned the same degree in that same major from a lesser known university. But the reality is that relative prestige among universities is only one of several variables that might influence a decision maker to hire someone or vote to admit someone to graduate school. In a virtual advising session with me, I can help you understand how to make a reasoned comparison. Some universities offer the same undergraduate major with two different degree options. For example, I have seen psychology and computer science as separate majors that a particular university offered with both the Bachelor of Arts and Bachelor of Science options. That makes some students wonder which degree they should choose. The curriculum of a major is a list of the course requirements for the major. In cases where the same major has two different undergraduate degree options, the curricula are sure to be different, and this is one of many reasons you should always examine the curriculum of any major and degree that you are considering. In this example of the same major having two different degree options, you may find that the BA degree has fewer required major courses than its BS counterpart, but more general education courses. Beyond this, if you are wondering which degree in the same major is more marketable, what you are really asking about is perceptions of the two majors. It's no secret that contemporary American society places a lot of emphasis on science and related fields. And so, hypothetically, if a hiring manager at a place of employment was presented with two applicants whose grade point averages were identical, co-curricular activities and accomplishments were identical, internships were comparable, and where the only significant difference between them is that one earned a BA in the major and the other earned a BS in the same major, it is possible in today's world that the perception would more likely favor the applicant with the BS. And you can make a similar argument for uh, applying to graduate school. I'm not trying to generalize here and say this is true for all majors. I'm simply saying what my impression is of the possibility of what could happen. Of course, in real life, there would not be two humans whose only noticeable difference is the undergraduate degree. This is why you want to be sure you are doing everything possible while earning your degree to prepare the best portfolio of accomplishments that you are capable of.
So far, I've talked about associate degrees and certificates that can be earned at community colleges and technical colleges, and bachelor's degrees that are commonly earned at universities. Maybe it's clear to you which, if any, of these options, combined with a suitable major, is right for you. But what does right for you even mean? The answer depends on why you are going to school. Do you just want to learn something that interests you and you have two to four years with nothing else to do and you are independently wealthy with no need to work for a living? If you are, you are in a very small population of society. I think most people attend school with the intention of bettering their career possibilities and earning potential. If that describes you, then before you think about which undergraduate degree may be right for you and which majors may interest you, you should be thinking of what career you want. Career planning is too big a topic for this episode, but let me say right now that I've just given you a big clue as to my philosophy on sensible decisions with post-secondary education. While people commonly think of a subject they liked in high school, and on that basis they choose a major, I think they should instead be learning about careers they might like and do well in, and then learn about the combination of major or majors and degree or degrees that they need in order to get there. This brings me to graduate school, the final subtopic for this episode. Graduate school and everything that goes with finding a graduate program that might be good for you, preparing to apply to graduate schools, and the application process in itself is a topic on its own. What I want to say in this episode on graduate degrees is just that regionally accredited graduate programs normally require that an applicant have earned an undergraduate degree prior to entering graduate school. In undergraduate school, you get a broad introductory and some intermediate level exposure to the subject of your major. In graduate school, you take intermediate and advanced level courses on a select area within the larger subject. Therefore, it makes sense that if you might want to earn a graduate degree in civil engineering, for example, you would do well to have first earned an undergraduate degree in civil engineering. That makes sense, right? Here's what's also true. It may be possible to get accepted to a graduate program in civil engineering without an undergraduate degree in that subject if you satisfy the minimum coursework qualifications for applying. Websites of graduate programs should have that information. I'm not saying it is ideal or necessarily easy to do this, but it may especially be feasible to do if your undergraduate major is reasonably related to your desired graduate major. As I said, Graduate study is too big a topic for this episode, but what I just gave you is a preview of what you might see in a future episode. At this point, you probably see that the topic of undergraduate degrees and how to sensibly choose one that you will be happy with is another of many topics pertaining to higher education that is not simple to try to cover in part of an hour without listeners feeling overloaded with information. There is more that I can help you with on this topic, but that requires a personal advising session. The reason is no two people and their life situations are alike. Your career aspirations, your intellect, your interests, your level of commitment, and many other features about you as an individual and what you want out of your life are what need to be taken into account when selecting a major and a terminal degree. And terminal degree simply means the highest degree that you intend to earn. I have had countless discussions like this with students and helped them learn about themselves in a way that enabled them to make informed decisions. That's what a professional advisor does. Even if you are already a university student with your major chosen and you have in mind what degree you want to earn, maybe you want my assessment of whether you are on the right track for reaching your objectives and so a virtual advising session would help you. 
There is plenty more that I can say on this topic, and so I want to emphasize that the podcast is not the only way you can hear from me. For personalized advising via Zoom, reach me at the contact information provided in the description for this podcast. In your message, be sure to mention your name so that I can respond to you as a person. Also, include a detailed description and explanation of your situation and clearly state what help you would like to receive from me. If there are questions based on today's topic that you want to ask me, state them. If it's help with a different topic that you want, tell me what that topic is. Let me know your availability over the next week or two for a meeting via Zoom. For some situations, a person may need a one-time session to get questions answered and hear my advice. In other cases, you may want or need multiple sessions because the topic or issues may be too much to address in a single meeting. Or maybe you want to arrange advising from me on a regular basis, such as every few weeks, every month, whatever the case might be. I will reply to your message with my assessment of how much time I think it will take to help you and let you know my fee. My job is not just to dispense information but to help you make decisions that are sensible, realistic, efficient, cost-saving, and with the best possible outcome as I see it. I don't just want you to be educated. I want you to be wise. That's all for this episode of the podcast. I look forward to sharing more information and advice with you in the future. You've been listening to Academic Advising for a Wise Education, a podcast by Advisor Jay. We hope the information and advice presented was enlightening. These episodes offer general advice. Your situation may call for additional action or an altogether different approach. For personalized guidance specific to you, Advisor Jay offers video advice via Zoom for a fee. Contact Jay at treasureoflifeatoutlook.com. That's treasureoflifeatoutlook.com. When emailing, please include your name, a detailed description of your situation, and clearly state what help you need. Advisor J is here to assist you, but ultimately your education is your responsibility, and so all decisions are your own to make. That email address can also be used to send Advisor J any comment about the podcast. Knowledge alone is rarely enough. In life, it pays to be wise. <laughs>